0: Welcome to the Cross to Crown Podcast, where we keep the system out of theology, and the baby out of the bathwater. We keep the text in its context, and the new in the New Covenant. Our mission is to help you live intentionally, Christ-obsessed in all things.
1: Greetings everyone and welcome to the Cross the Crown podcast. This is episode 39 and I'm your host Chris Fails joined by my co-host Doug Gooden. How you doing today Doug?
0: Doing great, doing great. Not quite as hot here as I understand it is there for you but uh, a misnomer for people who don't know those of us in Colorado. We hit the hundreds several days last week so it can get hot here.
1: That, that's that's hotter than us. We're in the 90s right now but but not in the hundreds. We've I don't know how we've done it, but we, we've have gone from this extreme—we've we, had a weird year. And if you've been following this podcast, you know that. Because <laughs> last summer, we hit record temperatures for weeks. I mean, it was just scorching. We thought the earth was going to burn up right here, that God was judging California already. Um, and then we got all that rain during the winter time, uh, as, as you know from the podcast mm-hmm. going in and out with the technical difficulties, I have issues with rain in my internet. But then uh, this summer, it's been really mild. It's been like wonderful. This is like the, the California dreaming weather. But uh, so we finally are getting some heat and we're complaining about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we figure we pay enough in taxes that we should be allowed to complain a little bit about that. So, <laughs> so what's oh, you going on? use those
0: taxes better.
1: Yeah, yeah, no? yeah, yeah, We don't get into that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's uh, it's uh, we're cruising along in our summer here. It's hard to believe that uh, July is uh, drawing nigh. In fact, uh, by the time folks are listening to this, it'll be very close to the end of July. Um, and then I'm going to be on vacation coming up, which I'm looking forward to that. And then I'll be speaking at a conference in West Virginia the week, uh, the first, uh, second week of August. So got those things coming up. Tomorrow, uh, t- uh, today is Thursday, t- Saturday. Again, this will be in the rear view mirror by the time folks hear this. But uh, do you know Christopher Yuan? Do you know that name? No, I don't. So he is a a guy who uh, was a, he grew up in a pretty stable but non-Christian home and then totally jumped off the deep end into drugs and homosexuality and uh, lived a very, very depraved and debauched life and then came to the Lord. And uh, it's a fascinating testimony. Anyway, he has written a book called Holy Sexuality that is by far the best I've seen on homosexuality. And he's, he's got his, uh, I think he's got a PhD. He's a very, very intelligent, educated man. And he's he's very sound in theology. So he walks through sin and, and uh, interacts with homosexuality from a very strong biblical standpoint. But he also, having lived it and having made the transition to uh, to righteousness, um, he's able to communicate in a in a very effective way uh, to those who are in that uh, in the lifestyle or you know same sex attraction that kind of thing. So he's still single, and he travels always with at least his mom. And sometimes both of his parents, they have they both come to the Lord as well. So anyway, all that to say, uh, this Saturday, we're uh, co- hosting him at a conference at our church. And he's going to be here all day Saturday, and he'll preach on Sunday and uh, share their testimony. And It's fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to it. Do,
1: do you recall the name of the book?
0: Holy Sexuality.
1: Holy Sexuality. Okay. Holy Sexuality. Christ-
0: Christopher Yuan, uh, Y-U-A-N. And uh, if we think about it, uh, we'll send a send you I'll send you a link that you can put right. in the show notes here for good. people who want to watch it because uh, we're going to record the whole thing. But it's, it's fantastic. The book is, is really by far the best I've seen on homosexuality. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Yeah, that'd be great. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it's more that's needed. Um, you know, I just heard that Amazon has pulled off all books off of their their site that has anything to do with um, Christians or, or non-Christians. Saying that that they were once homosexual and have have converted from that lifestyle, uh, I'm not sure the validity of that. It was on some 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 social media stuff saying that that Amazon has now pulled some of those, so um, they're trying to silence them in that way. So I'll be curious. Well, his book is
0: still on Amazon, Good. as far as I know, but Good. it will be interesting to see if something yeah. happens there. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. There's a lot of. A lot of that uh, freedom of speech and, and uh, silencing the, the Christian voice going on in these these mediums uh, these days. Um, yeah, so you're going to be gone uh, also on, on many vacation. You know, this is, for us, this has been the summer of many vacations. Uh-huh. is not like we, most folks, like a friend of mine just got back from like a three-week vacation. Him and his family just went traveling. We we'd seem to take many vacations, like just little ones here and there all throughout the summer, which makes the summer, I think, go by faster. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And seemed like really full. So uh, after you get back from your vacation, we're going on a vacation too. We're going to a place we haven't been to in a long time called Rancho Oso um, up in Santa Barbara. It's uh, this one of those yeah, – um, spo- I think you're supposed to say you're going camping when you do this. But the proper term, I guess, is glamping. Glamping, yes. We're staying in a cabin that has air conditioning – uh, six of us are going to be in this cabin um it, it's got a pool hot tub it's got all this recreation no, you, you can't even
0: call that glamping it, it, that's it's, just, that, yeah just don't even yeah. use that amping get, part of it Yeah, i nice. can
1: you can you even say that when when it's a permanent no. structure you're staying in so with no, air conditioning no. yeah <laughs> i'm going air force camping
0: oh
1: i'll get some uh some comments on that for some people I know.
0: <laughs> our church, we have a, a lot of military presence here in Colorado Springs. You know, there's uh, three Air Force bases and the two in the academy, and then uh, there is an Army base. Anyway, we got a Navy guy in our church, so it's fun to. I uh, yeah. several of our elders are former Air Force and one former Navy, and it is it's quite fun to listen to them go back. and Yes, think.
1: yes. Well, actually, we're we're getting ready to move into. It looks like uh, we're getting ready to move into a new phase of of camping as well. I, you know. I, I'm one of those guys that goes out and just sleeps under the stars typically. And, um, uh, but it looks like we are getting ready to join the RV crowd. So,
0: oh, man, <laughs> well, that, that gray in your beard. Uh, just yeah. It. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sleep on a nice comfy bed at night when I'm out there. So we'll see, we'll see. We're, we're, we're looking into it right now and, and doing the research because I don't like to jump into something like that without proper research first, know what I'm getting into. But, um, uh that'll well, drive be. out
0: here to colorado and we'll, uh, we'll do a podcast from the rv
1: that's right we'll do we'll do a <laughs> the, the the nct road tour we'll we'll just i'll come by and pick you up and we'll travel around the country
0: <laughs> that'd be fun
1: have, have our, have our uh, national tour <laughs> <laughs> set up in uh, locations and do podcasting with people who listen to the show so all right so <laughs> moving on we, we are um uh we finished up our sermon on the Mount series which i again i thoroughly enjoyed and if you Remember, I, I challenged everybody to read the Sermon on the Mount for uh, at least a week, two mm-hmm. weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it might be, and uh, uh, just get the benefit. So let me let me just say to, the, to those folks who are saying, well, "Yeah, but did you do it?" Yes, I'm doing it, and uh, it's still it's funny. It's not funny. It's it's incredible how you can read a passage over and over and over again. Um, throughout all your life, your Christian life or for years or how long, long you've been a Christian or even just like right now, I'm reading, doing the same thing every day. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in the sermon amount. But what I've done is instead of just reading it, I'm listening to it on audio. And um, it just, it's so enriching. To, to just just listen to the Scripture over and over, without necessarily studying it and getting into it, but just to listen to it over and over in its full context. It's been, been a wonderful thing. So if you've been doing that, if you took my challenge up, I want to keep encouraging you to, to keep it up. It's a wonderful thing. So um, we finished up the Sermon on the Mount. We're moving into a new direction, and we really haven't told anybody what we're, we're moving into. So, uh, Doug, I don't even know. What are we moving into? <laughs>
0: We're moving well, into dangerous murky that's waters. Right. That's what we're
1: before, doing. Before we start talking about what we're going to be doing on the podcast, let's talk about one of the things you're moving. I should say back into, and that's blogging. Uh, does anybody blog anymore?
0: <laughs> I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I think it's the it's the Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, so much of what used to be done with blogs is done with say Twitter yeah. now, and the microblogging and the and the, the longer threads and that kind of thing, but think about all of the, uh, the, uh, the free speech, uh, mm-hmm. issues going on in Twitter and all the uh, censorship that's happening on Twitter and in a variety of ways. I'm just, I think eventually we're going to lose some of our ability to communicate, uh, Facebook and Twitter and those kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, and I do think blogs for people who want to dive into issues are yeah. still the, the way to go. Uh, so I'm hoping to resurrect at least one blog, uh, and, and that's mine. Um, so, yeah, years ago, I blogged regularly, and uh, it was more for myself than anybody else, you know, as a young pastor, a young theologian, to work my way through what I thought on different things. So, I wrote on a host of issues, largely theology and it was just kind of uh, processing through my own thoughts you know how it is whenever you prepare right. to teach whenever you mm-hmm. have to articulate especially in writing uh, you you really have to think it through and uh, and so it was great i enjoyed it i you know never had a huge following but i, I enjoyed it and it it helped me greatly and uh, and then kind of transitioned from that to for uh, 5 or 6 years my wife and i wrote a marriage blog every day at least yeah. 5 days a week mm-hmm. we had a marriage blog on godsdesignformarriage.com and and again, that was great for us as we prepared to to write my book on marriage and do marriage conferences and things. It was great for us to work through and articulate uh, the key things that we wanted to encourage couples with when it comes to marriage. Uh, but then we took a break from that, and I uh, haven't really done any uh, ongoing writing for a while. Uh, and now the Lord, uh, I, I believe, I hope this is from the Lord, has has put in my heart to uh, to get back into writing more frequently not so much for myself but to to share hopefully what i've learned with others and, and so yeah i'm going to start blogging again uh, the uh, the website is douglasgooden.com uh, that's one s douglasgooden.com uh, i have that domain for for many years and i thought about changing it and decided not to it's my name uh and and i'm going to focus on really i'm, I'm glad i'm glad you added that that's your name <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was a little confused you said douglas instead of Doug, so that really confused uh-huh. me
0: <laughs> Well, my mom has gone to be with Jesus, so uh, only my wife calls me Douglas now, uh, <laughs> and that's uh, that's only on certain occasions. So yeah, um, so uh, the uh, the stuff I want to write on are it's going to be really focused in three main areas. One, of course, is New Covenant theology. I'm going to continue. In fact, I've written th- this is this is hot off the press here. Uh, is that the way to say it? I have written a book. <laughs> I wrote a book years ago that's uh, kind of an introduction to New Covenant theology. Quite, uh, quite different from the way Blake has approached mm-hmm. things. Um, take, take, you know, He's looking at theology, new, what is New Covenant Theology, from a theology perspective. Mm-hmm. And this is more of interacting with the big themes of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I've never published it. And uh, so I'm going to kind of release it on the blog a okay, little bit at great. a time. And uh, and see, you know, let you and others poke holes at it and and then eventually probably put that into a book form. Um, So I will get to work my way through that and many other theological issues, all from a new covenant theology perspective. So that'll be a lot of of what I write and share. Uh, But then there's uh, and this gets back heads back to the the direction we're going to go in the next few weeks in our podcast is I've I've studied theology for years. I've taught theology for years. Uh, I've also taught and, and worked with marriages, as we've discussed. And, and I want to build churches. I want to see churches grow and thrive. You know, we, we have our, our seminary, New Covenant School of Theology. Uh, I'm building the church that I'm part of, and we're, we're expanding, and I'm raising up leaders and all this. And there is one very practical issue that has uh, risen to the top in all of these arenas that, if not addressed, I believe we, we're we not going to get anywhere with New Covenant Theology or with churches. And that comes down to this simple thing, manhood. Yeah. Yeah. Men being men. Yeah. Uh, I run into this in every corner of my ministry. Yeah. That men are afraid to be men. Men don't know what it means to be a man. They've, most men have not had good examples in their fathers on what it means to be a man. And, of course, the culture is beating down right. manhood from every perspective. And the church is largely either—well, for the liberals, obviously, they've gone completely the feminist route. Right. For even conservative Bible-believing churches, there's, there's a fear to get into manhood too much— or there's a, a skewed view. Uh, we could talk about this uh, and unpack this more. I don't even use the term complementarian, and we can we can talk right. about why that is down the road. But uh, I just men we have to be men in the home and in the church if we're gonna make an impact big time uh, in the future. So on the and, blog, and, and, I'm and going and gonna I would say more about the, this.
1: And I think you're gonna say too, not just the, the home and the church, but in the world as well. Yes. You know, and I, 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 I can't agree with you more how vital it is to get onto this topic of manhood. there's there's been tons of books that have been written about manhood but i'm going to be honest with you most of them are are watered down and squishy there's some there's some truth in them but it doesn't go far enough um and and i would venture to say that there's so many um of these problems that we have in our our country in our world but i'm speaking directly about our country right now uh, in our churches and stuff like it is because of an assault against manhood and that includes um the, the the stuff that you see with families, uh, the sexual revolution, um, just just in in so many different ways, I can see how this connects back to attack on a man on, on what manhood is. So I think this is, topic is going to be vital and important, um, and I'm glad we're going to be speaking about it. Let me just throw this out there because about the blog thing real quick. A lot of folks listen to podcasts because of the convenience. They don't li- they don't read blogs because they're take time to read. Uh, then there's those who like to read blogs and spend that time and rather not listen to the podcast. But for those of you who are out there who, who, um, tend to avoid blogs because of the convenience, there's a great app out there called voice dream. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you go to Doug's, you get this app, you go to Doug's blog. You're going to, once you got d- voice dream on your phone or your your device, then you just go up there and click one of the little buttons to uh, send it, to put it into another media form. and It'll take that, Blog article and put it into Voice stream and you can have it'll it'll read it for you. And mm. It's a really nice one because it's got a sweet sounding voice, a really good voice, not this mechanical sounding voice, but yeah, a real good really. voice. And I do it all the time. I use them all the time for for blogs, for PDFs, and stuff like that that I don't have time to read, but I want to get the information from. And uh, it, it it reads it to me in a nice format. So Voice stream if you're you're out there um, and you want to uh, conveniently listen to blogs and stuff like that. But, oh, but back so- to the manhood thing. Back to the manhood thing again. I think this is vital. Um, I, I know that we've been hitting a lot on, on uh, theology in the past, uh, uh, New Covenant theologies. We did the Sermon on the Mountain series. We did various other other theological biblical topics. But this is a huge biblical topic. Uh, and we, we find this in the scriptures from the very beginning of mankind's creation, uh, this, this topic coming up, and that's where you typically would, would start. So, um, so uh, where do you want to go from here as far as talking about manhood today?
0: Well, let's kind of set the stage for the upcoming episodes okay. and uh, for some of the blog writing. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I want to be careful here. So often, as soon as you start talking about this, there's a tendency to, and this is kind of ironic, to shift everything to women, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's in many circles to talk about manhood is an attack against women. Yeah. Or what are women allowed to do, not to do, those kind of things, and and we may have to uh, address some of that on the way, but that's not really my goal. My goal is that what we're going to talk about. What I want to focus on in the, the long term here is men being men, which should not be controversial. Um, we're gonna we're gonna look at the scripture, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about things that we know inherently as men. This is how God designed us. But everybody is telling us no, no, no. That's wrong. That's misogynist. That's mm-hmm. sexist. That's whatever. And so I just want to encourage men. So and I'll tell you this from uh, from my experience with uh, in marriage counseling and dealing with uh, well my my own family. For that might my, my I've got three women in my house, mm-hmm. right? My my wife and two daughters. Uh, women, Christian women, good Christian women, yeah. are longing yeah. for men. Mm-hmm to be men, to be manly. They long for that. I just had a conversation with my son, my 14 year old son last night. And uh, we were talking about uh, a friend of his who's got a girlfriend, which, uh, you know, part of our conversation was you don't get a girlfriend at 14 that's not how this works <laughs> but you know the, this other boy is uh, just so enamored with this girl and he's making the whole everything about her mm-hmm. following the disney theme all the way down the line yep. right she's yep. the princess and all this yep. and we were I was talking to my son saying you know that's not how relationships are supposed to work and she's going to lose interest in this other boy if if he puts her on a pedestal and, and makes it all about her, yeah. um, certainly she you know a, a husband is to cherish his wife and and care for right. her and bless her and, and all that as Christ does the church, but uh, men most uh, as as, as we we're having this conversation and as reflecting on it later, I realized there are very few men boys today who have a father who will talk to them about being the leader, being a yep. man, being strong, being yep. courageous. And, and that said, I, I don't say that to build myself up. I say that to say this should be standard operating procedure. Mm-hmm. Fathers need to show their sons how to be strong, how to be leaders, how to be courageous, how to do all these things. So all that to say, I, I don't want to get into the, 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 thing, the, the things that are controversial that shouldn't be controversial. That's not the, even the way to say it. I just, I want to, I want to free us as men to be all the Scripture calls us to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if your first thought is, "But what do the women think?" You, you're listening to the wrong voice. Right. What does God think? What does right. Jesus designed right. us? That's where we want to spend our time here. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what the Scriptures teach. Uh, the the language. So let me. There's one of the pieces of this that I, I should emphasize. Um, th- there are two. Two, uh, two arenas here that I think are very, very important. One is inherent in everything I've just been saying. Uh, men who are married, uh, we need to be the heads of our homes. That, that's the biblical language. I'm the head of my home. You're the head of your home. And uh, in the household, the man is, is the, the head, the, the authority, the ruler. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, but also in the church. So uh, the church, the SBC, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with all that's going on in the uh, Southern Baptist Convention right now. Well, my own denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, we're actually one step further down the path than SBC is. The difference for us is we don't have a predominant and prominent uh, female voice like a Beth Moore or some mm-hmm. of these other gals. Right. We don't have that that is that is uh, creating some of the controversy. Um but the, the scripture is clear as far as I'm concerned, and this is this the, the viewpoint we're going to take. The leaders of the church are to be men, Yes. and the preachers and teachers in the church are to be men. The elders, the pastors, the shepherds are men, and we as men have to believe that and have to act with confidence as we lead the church. So in my blog and as we talk in these episodes, the two, two areas I'm going to spend time on uh, are ahead of the home, and uh, shepherds in the, in the church. So, and the phrasing I like to use is kings and shepherds. Kings, and we'll talk about this here in a minute. Uh, we are, as men, are designed to be kings, and especially mm-hmm. kings of our castle, our home. And then in the in the church, shepherds, pastors, elders, shepherds, all those refer bishops. They all refer to the same office. Um, shepherd in the Old Testament is a ruling position. Mm-hmm. It's also a ruling position in the church. So I want to help men. Uh, especially who are heads of the household and heads of a church to have the confidence and the uh, the encouragement they need to, to do that. So, if you're a man at all, you know if you're male, this hopefully will have some value. And if you're a woman, hopefully it'll have some value. I uh, don't want to sh- drive everyone else away, but that's how we're going to spend the next few episodes.
1: yeah, and if you're if you're a single man, don't don't turn this off. don't uh, stop listening. Uh, you, this is stuff you need to listen to. It'll benefit you now, and it also will benefit you and set you up from the right frame of mind. For one day when you are ahead head of a household, so uh, keep tuned in for that as well. Um, so, Doug, we're gonna we're gonna talk about kings today, right? Right. So, a lot of men in this day and age have never heard the term king ascribed to them as being you know with with manhood or in their house, but I remember growing up hearing the phrase quite a bit that the man is the king of his his castle and you don't hear that a lot today Uh, is it a term that that should be kicked out what what do we get that term from what is what's why should we adopt that type of language of kinghood
0: yeah because the scripture uses it for uh, for men for males in particular and uh yeah there's a reason why you don't hear that anymore because feminism was Mm -hmm. is winning the day uh both in the culture and in the church And uh, the whole idea of uh, the man cave is all the evidence we need to show this, right? Remember when uh, was it Budweiser? Somebody did a bunch of great commercials a few years ago. Yeah, all the different man cave options, and there you'd be a, a guy would be shopping with his wife in a in a department store, and there'd be some secret passage that led him down into this, you know. (laughs) <laughs> all the guys were hanging out and watching sports and drinking beer and whatever and there's uh, there's this concept of I hear men say this you know like yeah I get I have my area I have my my garage or this room in the basement that is my man cave and the implication is the rest of the house belongs to the wife right uh, that is a, a non biblical and a for it's not it's not the right concept right. uh just a, a couple generations ago when the, the man's house was his castle, and right. everybody understood that. Right. This is my home. I'm the king of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this this language comes right right out of the Scripture. Uh, maybe not the exact word king, but but a synonym. So uh, think back to the very beginning, Genesis mm-hmm. chapter yeah. 1. God mm-hmm. creates everything, right? Yep. Uh, when we get to verses 26 and following, we read this. God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on the earth, and so on. So that's verses uh, 26 through 28 of Genesis chapter 1. Uh, in this section, we, are, we see the two uh, mandates given to humanity to do. This is what God put us on planet Earth to do. And I, I, I summarize them in these two words. Number one, uh, rule. Number two, reproduce. Uh, he created man and woman, male and female, to rule the Earth. And to reproduce. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what everything boils down to. Uh, so obviously you need a male and a female to reproduce, right? You got to come together and, and, uh, and, and be husband and wife to do that. Uh, well, I guess technically you don't have to be husband and wife, but you're supposed to be. Uh, but in ruling, the, the chapter two of Genesis gives us the outworking of how the relationship is to work in the ruling part. Before we get there, though, I just want, uh, this is where the king idea comes. Rule. Who who are rulers? Mm-hmm. Well, kings, yeah. right? King is just another, it's a synonym for rulers. Mm-hmm. God has put, he put this man on the earth and he says, rule it, be the king, be the, the vice regent. Uh, so, so Jesus is the high king. Mm-hmm. All authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. He's the highest king but we are we as males as men are kings who serve under the authority of the high king if you've read the chronicles of narnia mm-hmm. you, you have this this picture there already with the high king peter mm-hmm. but then edmund is also a king right. right so when we talk about kingship we're just talking about rule the authority to rule now i don't have authority over you chris i'm not your king so we do have to figure out what's my kingdom? What's your kingdom? And again, all of our kingdoms are under the big capital K kingdom of Jesus. But just for for most men listening to this, I would venture to say it's it's accurate. Almost none of them have ever taken a moment to, to realize, I'm a king. I'm a ruler there is a part of this world that Jesus has given me Mm -hmm. authority over as king, as ruler, Mm -hmm. as the head. We, we have to let that sink in. I call it the kingly mindset. Mm -hmm. We as men have to develop a kingly mindset. Have you, have you heard of that before? Have you thought about that before you and I started talking?
1: Not, not in those terms. Um, But, uh, domain, uh, uh, Dominion, those type of things. I've heard, you know I've I've heard it put that way before, um, and uh, again, there were certain things I you know I, I grew up with as far as having a biblical knowledge of of this, so we understood the concept. And of course, again, in the Marine Corps, a lot of this stuff was 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 really pounded into you, but from a different terminology. Um, but but uh, but yeah, it, it's interesting how much that mirrors a lot of the military stuff that I I grew up in, if you will. But yeah, um, no, but you didn't hear that, that specific term. Uh, I haven't heard that until we started talking.
0: Think about Psalm 8. It's a psalm that everybody knows. Uh, you know, David starts off, O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And, and that's how he concludes it. Well, in the midst of this, uh, David says, What is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him, you, yet you've made him a little lower than God, you crown him... With glory and majesty. Mm-hmm. He's talking about human beings, men, males. You crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. Here David is reflecting on Genesis chapter 1 and he's just amazed. Right. He's overwhelmed at the thought that here I am God in your creation And he says, it blows my mind to think that you have Mm -hmm. taken thought of me, a man, and given me as man the rule over all of your creation. Mm -hmm. The Hebrew writer, of course, picks up on this, and he says, we don't yet see man ruling over everything, but we do see Jesus, who is now in authority over everything. So ultimately, the ultimate man and the Mm -hmm. ultimate king is Jesus. But that does not change the fact that you and I have been called by God To rule this earth as kings. Mm
1: -hmm. And and don't we see that eschatologically too? I mean, uh, isn't that part of the promises that we have uh, in in the new heavens and the new earth is is kingship? And there's always this, in in the New Testament, this this tension of of our citizenship is in heaven, uh, but we're supposed to be living like citizens of heaven now. So none of this is applicable for uh, all men everywhere to be kingly, but specifically to the to the Christians, those who are who are um, uh, directly now related to Jesus Christ, the High King.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We we anticipate that we 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 implement it now with the full consummation coming later. We have to do this. Mm-hmm. So then, in Genesis chapter two, we get a little more information about how this how this works. Uh, so we get a, a reiteration of some of the creation accounts, and then I'll just pick up in, uh, uh, in verse, uh, eight, uh, verse seven. So this is Genesis two, two, verse seven, the Lord God formed man. This is the male. This is mm-hmm. Adam himself formed man out of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man who he, he had formed. So we have Genesis 1 in the backdrop here. I'm creating mankind to rule and reproduce. Uh, and that's sort of the, the Google Earth, you know, perspective of creation. And now we get the the street view. This is how it plays out. He, cre- he makes a garden, he makes the man, and he, he puts the man in the garden. So at this point, we don't have Eve. We just yeah. have Adam. Adam. Right. You're a living being now. You're here in the garden. Then he talks about rivers, and we'll skip all that for, for the time being. Verse 15 then, then the Lord God took the man, that's Adam, and he put him into the garden of Eden to, and he gives two, two descriptors here, cultivate it and to keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hebrew lying behind keep it there is actually guard. Mm-hmm. So uh and that's what keep means, but that's not how we usually think of keep. So he's to cultivate it. That's the the make something out of it. That's the subduing, ruling part. That's okay, you've got this garden here, you got this, this this dirt, and you got some of the plants, but now, Adam, it's your job to make this spectacular, to make this fruitful, to mm-hmm. to take uh some of the chaos here or the potential chaos and make it wonderful and orderly that cultivate it and protect it guard it mm-hmm. don't let enemies come in don't let predators come in and, and that kind of thing that's the command given to the man in his garden in, in this garden so the the implication for all of us is what garden has he put us in as men again mm-hmm. this is directed toward men here as a man what are what's my mission mm-hmm. what's my what has he given me to accomplish on planet right. Earth? What, what, what areas am I to, to rule and subdue and take over? Some of them are very earthy like this. Some are some, you know, people, guys who are architects, guys yeah. who are software engineers, guys who, who, who actually work with their hands or their minds to, to take charge of the physical earth. That's fantastic. That's part of doing this. Uh, some of us it may be more theoretical. For me, it's building the kingdom of God. It's mm-hmm. it's teaching, like we're doing mm-hmm. right now. It's it's more in in the in the motivational and informational sense, maybe than working with my hands. But it's all part of saying, uh, asking the question: What garden has God entrusted to me that I'm supposed to cultivate and to guard, and protect?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. We don't. I, I, for some reason, we don't have that mindset nowadays uh, of of a of having a kingly, where this is our kingdom. Um, it it's it seems to be foreign to us because of the 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 way in which we're the mentality in which we've adopted from the world. Uh, this this um, I mean, there's no seems like there's no boundaries if you understand what I'm saying. Um, uh, to, to what's mine is yours in that type of way, not necessarily talk about physical possessions, but, but all things. So it, it, it's hard for some folks to, to get into that mindset, it seems, that they have a place in which they're supposed to rule at. Uh, Where they're supposed to be a, an authority. I mean, we live in a democracy, a republic, and 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 so we 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 Americans we don't like the king thing, but that's that's uh, not how the Bible understands it. Um, and this this uh, uh, idea of mission too—that's that's a foreign thing to a lot of young men these days. I remember from my youth. A lot of the men uh, that I encountered as a, as a young Christian, not just my father, but other other men who uh, were were wise counsel to me as as a young man, who would talk about that of of, of having a purpose, having you know they use other 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 terminology sometimes, but like a, a purpose for your life. Uh, and and of course, if you ask most Christian men, what's what's your purpose for for your life? This is to glorify God and and, and you know enjoy, him, enjoy forever. him forever. You know, and it's a very broad statement like that, but. If we have a broad statement like that, it often doesn't get done. It, it often doesn't it focus you to to do something uh, to, toward that end. So we often need to sit down and think about these things hard and either write them out. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, writing is a great thing. Taking a little journal and start writing these things down. What is my, and we should be doing this not just in our, our life, but like our family goals, et cetera. We've talked a little bit about this before, but, but making goals, sit down and planning these things, planning out your life uh, in, in big picture and little picture, but right here specifically, what is, has what is God called me to do as far as he, he's called me to take dominion over my family, be the king of my family, but what areas in this world am i supposed to take take uh under under his sovereignty under his control and then how am i going to do that And what area specifically um so that's, that's some good stuff we'll be going into on that what about um you listed ephesians 5 um as 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 uh, and it's it's these are some when we get the new testament passages it's pretty interesting because a lot of folks look at the old testament a lot of people in church, when I'm saying that, a lot of people look at the, in the church look at the Old Testament and say, okay, let's, that's patriarchal for the Old Testament. Um, that's the way things were. But we're in a new covenant where there's no male, no female. Um, we, we, we've shed all that type of um, gender differences and stuff like that. Uh, we're all inheritors of the kingdom of God. But when we get into the New, covenant, new Testament, we're not actually seeing those, those blurring of lines, are we?
0: No, just the opposite. The roles are explained very, very uh, clearly in the New Testament. Certainly in the Gospel and in the New Covenant, in terms of standing before God, there's neither male nor female. Uh, but as far as our roles and responsibilities, the lines are very clear on what our part is to play. Uh, so in Ephesians 5, as you mentioned, uh, the the starting in verse 22, actually I should back up to verse 21 because this has been so... Mm-hmm. Hijacked by feminism and by uh, by Christian teachers who don't read the Bible very well. Um, it, <laughs> verse twenty one says, "Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ." And I can't tell you how many times I've had to explain mm-hmm. that that does not mean everybody submits to everybody else. Uh, grammatically, in the in the in the Greek, and even in the English, if you if you look at it carefully, that's not poss- uh, That is not a possible interpretation. Uh, First of all, it doesn't work. The word submission, by definition, means the one who is submitting is not in authority, and Mm -hmm. they're submitting to the one who is in authority. Uh, So to be subject to one another, uh, it can't mean, okay, Chris, I'm your authority, and you're my authority, and I'm going to submit to you, and you submit to me. That, That makes nonsense of the word submit. Uh, no, he, he's laying out the command, submit to one another, and then through the rest of chapter 5 and into chapter 6, he gives three relationships where that submission is shown. Mm-hmm. Wives to husbands, children to parents, slaves to masters. It never goes the other way. Husbands are never told to submit to their wives, parents are never told to submit to the children, and masters are never told to submit to the slaves. <laughs> so uh, that's verse 21, is just setting up the paradigm for the uh, those three relationships. So verse 22, wives you submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh, So that's what, I mean, it's pretty clear. This is not ambiguous in Greek or English uh, or any other translation. Wives are to submit to their authority. That's their husband. Just like they submit to the highest authority, the Lord Jesus himself. Why? Well, Paul tells us, verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church. And then in verse 24, he repeats it again, as the church is subject to Christ, so wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. And almost every time I've heard this taught on, immediately the speaker goes to what this does and doesn't mean for the wife. It doesn't mean she's a doorman. It doesn't mean she, her opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't mean all those things. Yeah, 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 that's all true. However, we need to be clear on what it says for the husband. Mm-hmm. The husband is the head of the wife, not should be. That's an important distinction. He didn't say, "Husbands, you should be the head of your wife. He says, you are right now. I can be a bad head or a good head. Mm-hmm. I do not get to choose whether or not to be the head. Jesus chose that for me. He said, as the male, you're the head of your wife in the same way that I, Lord Jesus, am the head of the church. Well, what does it mean to be the head? That's the, the million dollar question. We're not left to guess that either. Look back at chapter 1 of Ephesians, and if you're driving listening to this, then just trust me when I read it. I don't want you to <laughs> pull over and get in trouble here. Uh, here's, here's what it says about Jesus in verse uh, 19, uh, picking up kind of middle of chapter 1, verse 19, uh, talking about the greatness in the, of the power of Jesus, says, These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ, so God, uh, his strength brought about Christ. He raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So that's just a way of talking about Jesus now is sitting on the throne Mm -hmm. at the right hand of the Father. He's in in authority. Verse 21 says, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. All right, so those four terms are describing Jesus. He is far above rule, authority, power, and dominion. And he's above every name that, is a name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he, so God, put all things in subjection. Exactly the same word as chapter 5, directed toward wives. All things were put in subjection under the feet of Jesus. And Jesus was given as head over all things to the church. It couldn't be clearer. What does it mean for Jesus to be the head of the church? It means he is in authority. It means the church submits to the head, and it involves things like rule, authority, power, and dominion. Mm -hmm. So three, four chapters later, when Paul says men are the head of their wives, it's the same thing. Men are the authority, the rule, the power uh, over his wife. And that's just true. I mean, that, that 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 should not even be a debatable point. Mm-hmm. How we exercise it, have men been domineering? Have they been abusive? Of course, that's all true. There are extremists and abusers and everything. But the objective fact that the man is the authority over his wife is just as plain as can be from the scripture.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, you've noted it elsewhere, but it doesn't seem that we have the, the dominant problem nowadays with men is not them being domineering in in their relationship as as king or or lord or ha- home it's more of them being um pandering to feminism more of them being to them being submissive uh reversing the roles or, or 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 bringing it down to where they're they're no longer putting themselves as as the king but more as a, a co co regent with their wives uh, so we're not i mean <laughs> the, the problem seems to be the
0: opposite nowadays absolutely i hear from wives more than anything he won't lead. he won't take charge he won't do anything right not not he's too strong he's too harsh or whatever now having said that as a man truly uh grasps this and starts exercising headship in his home Mm -hmm. guess what she's not going to like it all the time right uh and we're told in genesis 3 that would be the case Mm -hmm. part of the curse given to wives is you will want your husband you will want his position uh, and, and that's part of the curse and we as men then need to deal with that and love our wives anyway and, and lead her well But absolutely men are wimps men are afraid mm-hmm. to take charge of the home We've basically reduced headship even in conservative circles. We've reduced headship to having a tie-breaking vote mm-hmm. Right if if we just can't come to agreement and we both have the same we have opposite opinions on this Okay, well, I'm the husband so I get to cast the tie-winning vote. No, that's not what Jesus does with the church He didn't say hey church, right? I'm thinking about expanding my kingdom over the whole world. What do you think? And we say, no, I don't really want to do that, Jesus. I'd rather do this and this. And Jesus says, no, but I think we should do this. And we say, no, Jesus, I think we should do this. And at the end of it, we just can't come to terms. And Jesus says, well, I am the head, so we're going to go my way. That, that's <laughs> not how it works, right? That, that's just not, that's not the uh, picture there.
1: Another confusion I see, though, with, with folks who, who, are, who are trying to teach some form of male headship in the home is the definition for that is just spiritual leader. Right. um if you if you lead your children and your family in a bible study uh you pray with them point them to christ that's the extent of of male leadership in the family male headship um but the bible's not not confining it just to the priestly tasks if you will of the family but in all areas of uh, in in the mundane of um uh where are we going out to dinner tonight um what what are we going to do this weekend um and that's something we need to realize, is we have dominion over all things in our family, kingship over all things in our family, from these big things to, to the littlest things. And family is not a democracy. Uh, it's not a democracy. And that's the, that's the problem. Is, is just like Christ's kingdom is not a democracy, so also our families are to reflect his kingdom as part of it, and it's not a democracy either. And Christ has already appointed who is the head of that little kingdom, and that's the head, the the the, the, the husband, the man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It we are not just administrators or mm. facilitators. Right. Like, oh, I'm going to call the family together, and and hey, we should do a Bible study. Something. No, that's not that's not it. And again, what I hear from wives, like on the on the spiritual headship, even wives mm-hmm. saying, my husband doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. But the point you're making is is a good one. Even if a guy does lead his family in Bible study a few times a week, so often that's allowable, that's permissible by the right. greater culture that he's right. being the head of the home because he makes sure that they have a Bible study over dinner where prays with them at bedtime. No, no, no. The the think about the word rule again, uh, and and we've covered this in Ephesians five. We've seen it in in Genesis, the word and, and uh, Psalm eight rule. What what does a ruler do? A ruler makes decisions. Right. Gives decrees. That's the bottom line. That's what makes a ruler a ruler. Mm -hmm. He has the authority to make decisions. So for men, we need to understand this is not optional for us. This is the mandate given to us. Whatever kingdom you have been given rule over, if you are a husband, then you've been given rulership over your wife. If you're a father... You have a whole household. If you are a boss in some realm, uh, whatever other ministries may be or other missions that God has entrusted to you, gardens, to use the other analogy, whatever area is under your kingship, you are authorized and expected to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid to do that. Yeah. Guys are afraid to make decisions. We don't like conflict. Well, nobody likes conflict, but we're afraid of conflict. Mm-hmm. Afraid. Yeah, we don't it, yeah. know how to handle pushback. What if somebody doesn't like me? What mm-hmm. if? What if they don't like the decision? What if I fail? Uh, one of the things that I've I've tried to teach my kids, and I've mo- I've pushed my children to do over and over and over again is fail. Mm-hmm. Especially yep. my son. Yep. You have to fail. That means you actually did something. You actually tried something. But if you never fail, it's clear you're not right. doing anything. You're not making any decisions. Yeah. And and we as men have to have the courage to make decisions and make bad ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. Risk, risk, and failure are are two things that our culture is has an aversion to. Um, but but those are needed. They develop character uh, in so many different ways. Uh, and fear, fear is a huge issue. It's it's not that um, they don't know what's right sometimes as men, but it's the fear of it. Uh, fear of of rejection, uh, in, in some cases, fear of, of withholding of marital blisses, um, fear of, of what other people might think of them. And the, even in the church, you know, I don't want I don't want them to think that I'm, I'm an overbearing, dominant husband. So I'm going to um, give this this authority to my wife as well, or even my children. So, um, uh and I forgot completely what I was about to say. I was going to <laughs> say right. something else as you were talking. Another thing came to my mind. But so so um, let's let's ask this. Where do we start off at? What, 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 is, what, what do men need to do in order to rule well? Where do they need to start looking to develop at?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I get that all the time when I teach on this. Guys say, okay, uh, you've convinced me I'm supposed to be a king. What in the world does that look like? And how yeah. do I be, become that, right? Um, so I like to think of four, four areas to focus on, and, and, and this is not a, a linear process necessarily. You don't just start here and then work your way out, but at least in my mind, the way it works, I do see sort of concentric circles that y- you have to start in the middle, I think, and then you sort of work your way out, but then you keep coming back and, and working through these things. Uh, as men to become Kings, uh, we have to start with ourselves. mm mm-hmm. Uh, we have to start with me, right. and and, and right. I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean I can't lead anybody else if I'm not leading myself. I can't rule over anybody else if I'm not ruling over myself. And as men, we have an inner man and an outer man. And the, the inner man would be godly and kingly character. That's some of the things we were just talking about, uh, strength and courage and decisiveness and and uh, not being afraid, and some of those things. So, so that's one place to, to that we have to give attention to. And and we'll talk more about this in, in upcoming episodes. And I'll write about it. But we have to we have to develop that kingly character in the inner man, and that includes uh, godliness and spiritual disciplines, and and reading the scripture and prayer, and all those things that deal with the soul, the spirit, the inner man. But we also need to give some thought to the outer man. We mm-hmm. we are not gnostics. We 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 must not deny the physical nature, uh, physical part of our, of our being. And, uh, you know, we talked about this in the body episode, which if mm-hmm. I remember yep. correctly, I've heard you say it still <laughs> ranks as one or two in our most listened to podcast. It is still the right? number
1: one most listened to episode.
0: <laughs> so that tells me something. It says that uh, that, yeah. that people aren't hearing enough of this and they want to hear more. Uh, at least that's what I hope it says. Um, and so we're going to talk about that even more. We we need to give attention to our body and I'll, I'll drag your expertise into this down the road as you've uh, worked with uh with people professionally uh mm-hmm. building muscle building uh, getting their diet in check and those kind of things it matters uh what food what 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 fuel we give our body has an impact on on how we operate mm-hmm. and and as we get older especially we need to keep building strength mm-hmm. and uh because it affects our everyday life so we'll we'll spend time talking about the outer man as well uh as we go because it's just important in who we are uh so we have to we have to work on ourselves but then the next uh, circle would be the household. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone who's married, your, your role as head of your wife and head of your children, you know, we've got to give attention to that and, and do the things that we were alluding to a, a little bit ago. Uh, the third realm, I would say, is disciple-making. Mm-hmm. And I, I choose that term on purpose because when we say ministry, we tend to think, oh, I need to be an usher at the church, or maybe I need to be a pastor or some other program, some other mm-hmm. formal mm-hmm. Sunday morning kind of thing. And that's not the Great Commission. The Great Commission is make disciples. Mm-hmm. And we need to be building the kingdom of Jesus, and that's done through discipleship. So we need to focus there. And then the fourth would be the world, and this would be uh, that ruling and subduing the physical earth, uh, the, the secular job, if you will. I don't necessarily like that terminology, but that kind of thing of what am I, what difference am I making? Going back to the Genesis one and two mandate, what difference am I making in the world? Um, so I would say all the all the specifically Christian stuff I'm putting under the disciple mating heading, the 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 building buildings physically building buildings and 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 planting uh, gardens and those things. That's the the world piece of the the original mandate. So we, we need to have something we're doing there to make a difference in ruling and doing this earth. Uh, so in my writing and in our in our upcoming podcast, we're going to talk about all of those things, but the, we're going to spend most of our time on the self and the household, um, and the the church. Because I I think the the inner man is where most Christian teaching is. This is the Bible study. This is what we've spent so much of our time in the podcast doing, the Sermon on the Mount series and all those others. That's the inner man. But we need to spend more time on the outer man. We certainly need to spend time on household, because most of the teaching that's being done for husbands and fathers, uh, I would say, is coming up short. Yeah. And we're not training men to be men as the Bible describes them in those ways. And then the other passion of mine, again, is uh, elders, raising right. elders and pastors in the church who are truly taking charge of the things we're given rule over. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I can imagine a lot of guys it's, it's probably two reactions right now from the guys who are listening to the podcast right now. And, and it's um, some are like, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. <laughs> and there's others who are, who are saying, yeah, this is this sounds great. Um but for either either of them, whether they they're they're saying whoa because of this or 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 what, but there's this this is going to be hard <laughs> when you start thinking about this because the fact that you're going to be if you're following the scriptures in anything you're going to be going against the grain of the world. Um, but specifically, it gets personal when we start talking about um, going against the grain in this area because you've got so many people, so many cultures, and even sometimes churches against you following the Lord in this direction of, of uh, your, your life as, as a man and, and sanctification as well. Uh, but we want to encourage you um, to, to have that mindset, to, uh, to be strong, be courageous, be like men. Um, and I, I pray that as we go through this podcast that uh, people will benefit from what you've got to say. I, I remember, uh, what was it, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, when you started, you, you, you were doing stuff on marriage, And then all of a sudden, you started producing these video blogs, little short video blogs about manhood. And um, uh, it was interesting to see the comments. I remember some of the comments from women saying, yes, this is great. And so uh, uh, I'm hoping that a lot of the men are listening to this now saying, yes, this is great. Give it to me. So um, uh, I'm encouraged. I'm looking forward to this. Like I said, I think this is an essential topic that needs to be discussed and really dug into not no pun with Doug, but uh. dug into. Uh, we need to really dig deep here about manhood because it is it is something that seems to be fading so much from our culture and our world and from our churches these this day and age. And it needs 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 to be emphasized um, by the church today, if not by anybody else, of course, by the church because more than anybody else, we should be um, exhibiting this kingship that we've been given by the King Jesus Christ
0: yeah the if men don't exercise authority mm-hmm. everything crashes yes yeah it's just it's the way God designed it and that's yep. not a sexist statement that is a a true historical and biblical statement if men do not take charge of the family mm-hmm. if they don't take charge of the church if they don't take charge of the world it collapses because it's fighting against the design
1: yeah just putting it to a military illustration um when you're out there in combat uh if you're a sniper for instance when you've got your sights set in on a, on a on a group of enemy soldiers combatants what you're looking for is you're looking to target someone who appears as the highest ranking officer there um, that's why military does not typically wear insignia in combat situations because rank insignia because we you don't know, want to give snipers a target but what you're doing is you're looking for that person You can't tell by rank, but what you're doing is looking for the person that exhibits authority, that is telling others what to do, that um, is running the show, and that's the person that you take out. And that's exactly what Satan and the world has done, is gone right after the, the man with the authority. And by doing that, the reason you take him out is because then everybody else falls into disarray. Everything else falls apart, and they're easy prey. And that's exactly what Satan in the world has done, is they've gone right after God's lieutenants, uh, God's kings. And once they've taken out the king, then the kingdoms start to crumble. And that's what we're seeing all over in, in our, our culture, and we're seeing that all over the church right now.
0: And where did that start? In the Garden of Eden. Right, right. Adam is given responsibility over Eve, and we get to chapter 3, and what happens? <laughs> Satan goes up to the woman... Mm-hmm. And leads her astray. And the man is standing right there watching. It just boggles your mind. Yeah. This serpent is talking to my wife. <laughs> I have heard the command of God himself that if we eat that fruit, we're going to die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's Adam. Mm-hmm. I, Adam heard God say, "If I, right. if we eat that fruit, we die. He stands by and watches as the snake deceives his wife and allows her to sin, and then he follows her in it. The first sin, you know, theologians have debated forever, what's the first sin? Is it eating the apple? Is it pride? Augustine argued it was pride. Uh, Abdication by the man may be the first sin. Yeah. If he had had seen the snake talking to his wife and gone and cut the snake's head off, we'd be in a different place right now.
1: Yeah. It was a, a failure to keep or guard the garden there. Exactly. Um, With with the highest priority, uh, his wife there. Right.
0: So here's the uh, here's the 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 take home, the application for those uh, for the the next while until next week. For guys, just sit and ponder Genesis one and two, Ephesians five, if you want to ponder. God made you to be a king. Mm. Just just let that sink in. Now, what uh, an immature person will do with that is start throwing around his headship ooh, you know like uh, start ordering people around, especially with your household. if you start ordering them around, it is not going to go well. That's not what I'm saying. because kings are not like that. Good kings are confident and and are don't they don't have to throw around their authority. So I'm not ab- advocating for that at all. I'm just saying for a guy to sit and meditate and prayerfully consider, what is man? What am I, Lord, that you've given me rule over this part of your creation? it has got to settle in. It's true. I'm a king. You, King Chris, you are a king. And it's, it's perfectly right for you to think of yourself as King Christopher. I mm-hmm. dub you. God yeah. dubbed you King Christopher. <laughs> Imagine being uh, uh, having the sword pu- uh, on your shoulder there. It's, it's who we yeah. are as males. That's right.
1: That's right. That's right. And you want to see the perfect King. You look to Jesus. That's our, that's our role model right there. And that'll come out more as we, we talk about this topic right here. Any closing words?
0: I think that's it. That Just was it. This. All right. Yep.
1: Folks, uh, we're cross the crown podcast and we want to encourage you to live intentionally Christ obsessed in all things. And specifically we're talking about male headship, male kinghood. until next time. Take care.